Hello, my slaves. It is your favorite oligarch, Klaus Schwab Jr. I want to give a big Illuminati thank you for Mr. Gordon Ramsay's. You know, in America, there used to be some middle class people who owned the restaurant, but we sent Gordon Ramsay around to go, oh, your food is bland. Your food is bland every single time. And he closes restaurant of almost totally poor people. You'll notice he will never go into the TGI Fridays. You will never know this. He will never go to the Apple Beings. He will never go to the Chili's or the Buffalo Wild Wingings. That is because he is a paid propagandist to destroy the privately owned business. Or oh, now the pandemic has crossed anyone with any money. Thank you for this, Gordon Ramsay. You are a tool with one joke. Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. This is episode 359. I'm looking at the difference between Gordon Ramsay and Anthony Bourdain. More importantly, the difference between people with love in their heart and vilest social Darwinist cunts. You see, this is a clip of Anthony Bourdain in some fucked up noodle shop somewhere in the third world loving everybody that he comes in contact with, loving life, and play the clip. Basically retracing my steps and all that. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Right now, noodles. Good wok hay. This place is most excellent. Oh, charcoal chow. Charcoal chow, bitches. Oh, look at that greasy, fatty. Yes, come to daddy. I'm a bad man. Look at this like random restaurant with like a purloined Minnie Mouse logo. And their food is unbelievably good. <clears throat> this is a clip of Gordon Ramsay in a nice pizza restaurant doing the same trick he always would do. He would go in a mom and pop pizza place or a mom and pop burger place. And what he would do is he would lift, lift the pizza vertically so that the cheese would slowly tumble off the dough and go, this looks awful. He's coming out of that. The oil in there, look at the grease. That's gross. He said it's too greasy, just exactly what I, I feel. Oh, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Honestly, the best pizza in Denver. I mean, does that look like the best pizza? Trust me, I can tell you, it doesn't taste good. So, let's see, the dough is so thick. Why? I mean, it's just like a loaf of bread. It's like a baguette in there. Mm -hmm. That's our thin crust. That's the thin crust. Mm -hmm. Dreadful. He would do this with a hamburger. He would pick up a hamburger by the bottom bun, lift it, six inches off a plate, tilt it, and it would look like shit hitting the bowl. Well, if he kept the structural integrity, who eats a burger like that? Having the, the guacamole plop off it. No, what are you doing? Oh, this looks awful. Yeah, when you do it like that, you fucking dick. You carny douche trying to, trying to take money from this mom and pop shop. And, and I noticed long ago, he would never go into a Chili's because he's a pussy. You know why? The Chili's fucking corporate staff would sue his dick off. He never went to McDonald's with this shit, which is inferior food. He would never go to a McDonald's. You know why? Because they're fucking, they would sue his fucking faggoty chef outfit off him. Fuck you. 
but he would go in mom and pop stores right before the pandemic took all the rest of their shit. So this is the, the corporatization of the food industry. He, he went in like an assassin taking out restaurants, kneecapping them before the pandemic. Uh, I watched long ago, uh, and I was trained in one way, and it will never change. I was trained long ago by Jim Norton, and he got on stage when Simon Cowell was on American Idol, and he was very popular for going, you sing ofo, you know, this fucking, and, and Jim Norton goes, this limey jizz bag, just say, oh, you know, show business isn't right for you. This show isn't right for you. But he would put a, a knife in their back and he would make it the worst experience possible. Oh, you're, you're dreadful. Your lyrics are horrible. This, and he goes, this fucking limey jizz bag. We, when, the, when these fucking English came in with their little red coats, we kicked their tea in the fucking harbor and we kicked their ass. And now we're going, oh, he really tells it like it is. He really tells it like it is. That's Jim Norton saying that in, in the year 2007. And my opinion of, of horrible, vilest, trying to socially dominate people, people like Gordon Ramsay, people like Simon Cowell, <clears throat> people like Click Clack. Um, there's, there's people out there that, that want to justify their position at the, at, as an apex predator by putting their boot in the face of everyone trying to climb up the ladder as them. You know, there, you know, there's a guy called Kerry Mullis out there. He was a, a beautiful uh, scientist with, with a full heart chakra who loved humanity. Well, it was, you know, it was typical of, of a really interesting development in that I was looking for something else. And, and you know, it was a, it was a like PCR was the, the possible uh, outcome of a solution to a hypothetical problem that didn't really exist. <laughs> I mean, I was working on trying to sequence single base pair, you, you know, think what they call SNPs today, single nucleotide polymorphisms, because those were medically important. And I was trying to do it with oligonucleotides because I ran a lab that made them, mm -hmm. and we had really improved the efficiency with which we made them over the three or four years prior so that we were making, we could make them a lot faster than the company, CETUS, that I worked for, could use them. Okay. I had seven people working for me and I was thinking, well, I'm either going to have to cut the staff down to like about three because now we've got these little automated devices that'll do it, or I'm going to have to increase the demand for oligonucleotides. So I started thinking of what else can you do with them. And I thought that's it's possible that you can make a, a rapid clinical assay for single base polymorphisms. And like sickle cell anemia was a good example. That people there. That took back then, maybe you'd go into a clinic and you'd take a sample, and maybe three weeks later you'd know, which is a lot of agonizing. Kind mm -hmm. of. And I thought you know, it would be nice to have that in one shift mm -hmm. in the hospital. Kind of. You'd go in and they'd let you know. And I, I thought oligonucleotides maybe were the answer there, but I was really, um, I'd, I, was, I was a chemist, I still am a chemist, mm -hmm. and I really didn't have an appreciation for the hugeness of the human genome compared to, say, a 5,000 base pair plasmid that I was using as a sort of a model system. And 
and I was, I was thinking of this method that would require a couple of oligonucleotides. And one of them would sort of be a control, but they would be pointed right toward each other, just like in a PCR reaction. He died right before Tony Fauci uh, stole his invention and used it against everything he ever stood for. Anthony Bourdain, like I'm saying, he loved humanity. He was, Bill Clinton went and, uh, not Bill Clinton, Obama, went and had sushi with him. Oh, it's cute, but that was a warning. It's cute. We're gonna have sushi with you. This is gonna be cute. But then that was a warning. And then when he didn't go along with all of Obama's uh, exploitative anti-human policies, um, then they took him out. When, when he got on CNN, Anthony Bourdain, here's what, he had the same thing as Stanley Kubrick. Why do I say that? Stanley Kubrick had in his contract creative control over the final cut of his show. So when Stanley Kubrick made Eyes Wide Shut and in his contract, he had final cut, but there was a subcontract. If he died during the final cut, then, they, then the producers would say, oh, his film is still being edited. The film's still being edited. So the producers took over the project. They cut 23 minutes off of Eyes Wide Shut. What did Eyes Wide Shut show? Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman sold their baby to the Illuminati for their entrance fee. That was a little too much. So at the end of Eyes Wide Shut, you see um, this, uh, they went into FAO Schwartz, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, and that was the transaction scene, but the movie just cut there. What you didn't see is this creepy weirdos take, take uh, their little John JonBenet Ramsey out back, and then they were initiated proper into the Illuminati. That's what they cut out. They couldn't have that. So when Anthony Bourdain was gonna break bad on the DNC, I mean the CIA, I mean the fucking evil empire, the most corrupt institution America has ever known, a, a very well-greased machine of corruption, the DNC, I mean the CIA, I mean the dark cabal. You know what I'm saying. When Bourdain was gonna break bad on them on CNN, a platform that the dark cabal owns full, full on before this whole pandemic scenario they took him out i mean that's what happened so anyone who who loves their neighbor like we can't have that message you know we need gordon ramsay a pompous limey cunt who takes out anybody who has an independent restaurant Pasta, vinaigrette looks like oil out of my car engine unbelievable everything's frozen frozen and defrosted place is a mess Pinto, certified exec. What's going on here? What's all this stuff floating in water? That's a group are taken out from the freezer to keep it fresh frozen. Fresh frozen? Yes, sir. There's no such thing. See, the fresh or it's frozen. I understand. What's this in water? It's a salmon chef. Frozen? Yeah. It was a fresh frozen. You keep it frozen, fresh frozen, it tastes more fresh. That's what we need on television. Let's prop him up. Let's prop up Fauci. Let's prop up click clack. Um, so that's, uh, let's, let's look at some other figures. Um, Martin Luther King, he said, the bombs being dropped on Vietnam are actually being dropped on America's ghettos. Oh, that was on the nose. That was kind of like poking the finger. So America, the whole GDP of America is used as a world policeman for genocide. And instead of uh, taking care of our poor people, we we use all of our, money we're spending multiple times our gdp for a death machine why can't we get army recruitment we had the new top gun movie um anyway 
Maybe because people have figured out that we're evil. And MLK was the first to point that out. Well, um, Al Sharpton and Jesse whatever, they took him out on a balcony and then they, they moved uh, one yard in each direction as he was uh, taken out. Uh, JFK, he found out about these people, this paper fiat tiger known as the Federal Reserve, and he had the Green Hilton Agreement to circumvent the, the um, Federal Reserve. He was also led astray by the whole Bay of Pigs thing where the CIA, these, they thought, oh, well, if, uh, you know, 90 Cubans storm the beach with, uh, you know, United States Jeeps, then they could take over Cuba. And they were slaughtered. And JFK's like, who are these fucking think tank out-of-touch douchebags? Fuck these people. Well, he asked why and what and why and what and why and what until he did a speech about secret societies being the devil. And then uh, he was he did these uh, finaglings to make uh, to circumvent the Federal Reserve in the Green Hilton Agreement. Bang bang. Um, the, who did it? Alan Dulles. Well, he was given an airport. So if you fly to D.C. tomorrow, you land in Alan Dulles's airport. The perpetrator of the JFK assassination. And then um, the other co-conspirator was Herbert Walker Bush. The other one was LBJ. Um, LBJ, he had a therapist. He felt so bad about this, uh, killing the president to take over the killing of the king ritual, where he earned his 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite. So he felt bad, you know? So he saw a therapist, and then he, like, unloaded this secret on the therapist. And then the therapist, uh, you know, had mandatory reporting requirements. Bang, bang, the therapist gets gets one. Um, and then uh, Herbert Walker Bush, he ran cocaine with Bill Clinton until he died of the ripe old age of a million. And then um, Bill Clinton, he went to Epstein's Island 23 times. Never been prosecuted for that. Uh, but good luck. We got Ghislaine Maxwell uh, is in jail, allegedly. Um, so anyway, so I just want to talk about, the, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's glorious to be martyred, but I do want to say is the alternative is you lose your soul. And I think that the, they can't stop all of us. So if we learn this lesson of, um, of being good people and of uplifting our community, that is what they're scared of. They're so scared they take out Anthony Bourdain. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, the, the heart chakra the mind chakra, the heart, the mind. These are two different entities. Anthony Bourdain is heart. Gordon Ramsay, the devil's in the details. He tries to psychologically terrorize um, restaurant tours because he's a dick. Um, Kerry Mullis is all heart. Uh, Tony Fauci tries to psychologically terrorize his enemies because he has a guilty conscience because he's a dick. Jeremiah Watkins is a beautiful person, a hilarious comic, and he treats everyone well. Um, Click Clack is a cunt. Um, I try to be a very nice person. I try to be a, uh, a beautiful person that helps my fellow comics. Um, Klaus Schwab Jr. is a complete asshole. So, um, you know, I my mental health goes out the window when he's around. But uh, what am I saying? I'm saying love your neighbor, try to be a good person, um, try to, uh, you know, f know the difference, you know, if you have a grudge with somebody, where does this come from? Does this come from your heart? Does this come from your mind? Does this come from your ego? Where is this coming from? Why is this getting prickly under your skin? You know, um, just have discernment. So, um, 
sorry guys, I took a, a month off. I know, and, and I really want to thank listeners of Highway Diary because I've been watching Chartable, and um, my my podcast has been on fire. I mean, before I, I know I took a month off, but um, I went to New Jersey and I had a bunch of shows at the Comedy Dojo in Morse Plains. Um, and then uh, I had some cancellations, some things happen. I only, I rented a car in New Jersey, but only for like six days. So I was gonna have some people on, but then I had, uh, I got called to do other things. So, uh, you know, but then I went to Germany and I went to Austria. Uh, the Germans, um, you know, I've told this story a hundred times, but last time I went in 2018, I couldn't find a cookie that says, Ich liebe dich, I love you. Um, this time I went in 2022 because they've been locked down for, for so long. Now every other cookie was Ich liebe dich. So now they're getting desperate to th throw a little love around because they realize that, you know, this might be the last Oktoberfest after the lockdown. You know, you don't have Oktoberfest for two years in Munich, Germany. Then the cookie stalls are like, you know what? Let's try to love each other. You know, let's try to love the tourists at least, even if it's for a, a cookie transaction. Maybe we should throw a little love around. So that was good to see. Um, the other thing I realized, uh, so then I went to Austria and that is much more of a slower paced town, but Austria and Germany are different. Germany is obsessed with the, the future and globalism and progress. And Austria is like, take it easy, live your life. You know what I mean? So Austria, I found to be more heart chakra. Uh, Germany tries to be like this globalist, uh, you know, international city. Austria is not really worried about that. They're, they're happy to have tourists. Um, it's very helpful if you speak German. Um, and, uh, you know, anyway, that's uh, some of the takeaways. Uh, I'm going to have my, my friend from Austria, uh, Christina Reiser, on my podcast um, in, in two weeks' time um, to shed more light on that. Because we had a lot of uh, interesting conversations about, um, I feel that the German people, and I told Ronnie Schnellman this, that the Germans have an engineering solution to every social issue. And, um, it's one thing me saying that, um, and it's another thing, uh, my friend from Austria saying that. Um, and so, uh, you know, my German's decent, but she's a native uh, speaker. And, uh, you know, let's just look at one case. Let's look at Hitler. Hitler, um, is an Austrian who went to art school and they're like, you suck at painting. And so then he went to Germany and they embraced him as a Holocaust leader. So that's a short story to say some of the cultural differences about, uh, they're like, do you want to lead a Holocaust? You know, cause you hate everybody cause you suck at painting. And he was like, yeah, I can make this. Um, so, um, uh, short podcast today. Uh, thanks for your downloads. I love you all very much. Uh, we have a sponsor, ACBD Remedy. Go to acbdremedy.com. Use promo code ERIC for 20% off your order. On the calendar, right now I don't have shows uh, for October, which hopefully changes soon, but um, I will uh, have some great podcasts coming up. I just got back to Texas, so I'm trying just, uh, I've only been back in Texas two days. So literally uh, all I've been doing is laundry and grocery shopping and getting my house up and running again. But, uh, you know, um, I'll have, uh, you know, I just want to get, get you a podcast out there. You people deserve it. And, uh, thank you for, uh, you know, hanging around and, uh, and continuing to download old episodes. Like I'm saying, my, my podcast, even with the hiatus has been, uh, doing well. So I appreciate you guys and I'll talk to you again next week.
Bye for now.